To be a wordsmith is defined as a person who writes, an author, a journalist, a person who commits their thoughts to paper. But I believe it is so much more. The ability to craft a story, to change lives, transport the ordinary life to an extraordinary place, to put words on paper and awaken the imagination in ways that the reader never dreamed possible. Yes, to have the ability to see what isn't there and make you see it too. To awaken the senses in new and amazing ways like feeling a cool breeze on a hot summer day on your cheek. To smell wildflowers as they bloom. To taste a delicacy on foreign soil. To feel like you've never felt before. Touching places long forgotten. Connecting your soul in new ways. That's what writers do. It's my pleasure to host Carolina Writers Speak, a new podcast, a chance to hear actual writers' voices, hear what inspires them, experience their trials and their struggles, and realize that we all have a story and it's worth telling. Good morning, this is Rose Cushing, the host of Carolina Writers Speak podcast. I'm very excited today that my guest is Inez Ribostello. And Inez has written a wonderful book called Life After Windows that is kind of about her life and how she's come up through her career and in the ranks. And she was actually in New York City during 9-11. So I think you're going to enjoy this conversation and get to meet this interesting lady. So Inez, thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Rose, for inviting me. I'm so excited to talk to you. I've heard many, many good things about your book, and I hadn't had a chance to read it yet, but I do have it on my list for my next vacation spot. Um, Tell us a little bit about you, though, as a person. Um, Well, I was born and raised in Tarboro, North Carolina, and um, came back here to um, live, work, and and raise a family. Uh, So I am a diehard Edgecombe County. Uh, tried and true. Um, in 2002, my husband and I opened uh, or bought an existing luncheonette called On the Square, uh, and we turned it into a restaurant and wine store. Um, and uh, years later, we bought an old um, uh, car dealership downtown, <laughs> and we're fortunate enough to um, raise money with local and out-of-state investors to open Tarver Brewing Company in 2016, which is where I spend the bulk of my time. Um, and then a year later, I opened up TBC West Tacos and Tap Room uh, on the Rocky Mount Mills uh, location, uh, about 18 minutes away from downtown Tarver. I didn't know about the third spot, so that's good to know. Now you yeah, we turned six years old in uh, March. Wow. Now, you are a sommelier. I am. I am. That's um, what I I started doing really in my career, or early in my career. Um, And I guess once a sommelier, always a sommelier. Yeah, so okay, I have to ask, what's your favorite wine? Um, In terms of a category, we love bubbles. So uh, our our everyday uh, wine is cava, um, uh, but when we have a little... um, uh, extra, extra uh, money or extra uh, celebration. We we love jumping um, headfirst into champagne. That sounds delicious, without a doubt. 
So you you wrote your yeah yeah you wrote your book. So your book is yeah. Life After Windows. So tell me a little mm -hmm. bit about your book. So it's it's basically uh, my personal journal that I had been uh, writing for the past twenty years, and um, it uh, was 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 published or, or I launched it on the twentieth anniversary of nine eleven, which was. Uh, in 2021, so it's a little over a year um, now, and it's the story of getting to New York, um, finding my dream job, uh, basically finding my dream life, and uh, being young and, and unstoppable, um, and then, uh, you know, the, the world changing uh, before my eyes and, and before everybody else's eyes when um, the Twin Towers and, and the Pentagon were hit and then um, the aftermath, basically, of um, having to regroup after that happened and eventually finding my way back to Tarboro with um, my fiancé, who's now my husband, who's from New York, who also worked at Windows, and that's how I, I met him. And... You know, then being home and, and what that looked like for me and the, the challenges of running businesses and uh, having a family and, and losing my grandmother. You know, it's just all the, all the things that um, came, you know, a little bit before 9-11 and then ultimately the bulk of the book is, is after 9-11 and being, being here. Right. Well, I'm sure that was quite an adjustment. I love Tarboro, but New York City, the pace of life is so different. Um, I, I'm sure that that was a big adjustment. Yes, yes. And we're, we're almost to the year anniversary of me launching the book on Audible. So for those who um, uh, would rather be read to than read, you can find the book on Audible now as well. <coughs> Excuse me. Um I see here that Windows was the premier World Trade Center restaurant. It was located on the 106th and 107th floors of One World Trade Center. Um, the, the restaurant Windows on the World was on the 107th, uh, along with the greatest bar on earth and Wild Blue. Um, and then our offices and many of the banquet rooms were on the 106th floor. Were you there when the attack happened? No, um, no one who was there survived. Wow. I, I remember that day very vividly. And I, I'm sure that, as, it, as does everybody in America, is a day that we'll never forget. So, life in Tarboro now. <laughs> yes, life in Tarboro. I've, I've eaten it on the square. Fabulous restaurant. Well, thank you. Thank you. So what led you to write your book? What what was your driving force behind why you wanted to write this story? Basically, it was an epiphany with like the the cruelty and the tragedy that that life brings to so many, um, mostly in the form of, of death. Um, and that when you lose people or you lose something, while painful and just um, shaking, you know, 
world shaking, altering for you, you can you can get through it. And sharing how I coped and and sharing that like our loss can be brutal and, and massive. You know, we are resilient people. And so I just felt that if I could touch one person in terms of sharing the story of you know, not bouncing that because my heart will never be fully whole again, but that I have found great joy and um, great joy and energy with what is my now reality um, and letting people know that that's possible. I think that that's so admirable of you because to make it big in the food industry is a big deal. To make it big in the food industry in New York City is incredible. <laughs> and you were there. You were, you know, top of your game. And um, I, that says a lot about your personality to be able to come back to Tarboro and rebuild your life and be happy and find happiness. That's important. I agree. So I'm sure that... We almost have, we almost have to do that. We have to speak to happiness or, or we'll be overtaken. You absolutely do. Now, in how long did it take you to write your story? Uh, Twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it goes all the way up to summer of twenty twenty. So, really, nineteen years. But um, yeah, I um, I self published, um, which is you know I, I've published. Um, publishing the book was really not an option um, as my daughter, who was. She's a freshman in college right now, but, you know, leading up to it, she was like, just don't lose any money on this. <laughs> so um, right. publishing was super expensive, so I went the self-publishing route, which turned out to be great for me. And, um, you know, Stephen and I are working on a on the Square cookbook to uh, be released next fall, and um, it looks like we're going to do the self-publishing route again, and great experience for us, or for me. Absolutely. So, what was your biggest obstacle in getting your book launched? Finding the confidence to say, hey, I know it's going to be okay. Like, you can put this out there, and even if people hate it or make fun of it or, you know, don't take you seriously as a writer, it's still worth doing for you. So, basically, you know, talking the negative voices out of my head or in my head out of it um, and, and bravery and courage in that I, I was so much uh, fear around um, you know the insecurity of, of people not liking because what I wrote was personal I mean it wasn't a made up story it's, it's a memoir right so um, <laughs> One thing if people hate the character that you made up, but I'm not a made up character. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, it is always daunting to put yourself out there because you're very vulnerable. I mean, even a work of fiction is your baby, and there'll always be haters. So you have to kind of brace yourself and be prepared for the, the few people who are negative, but. You know, most of the time it's very well received, and your book has such a special meaning in it. I'm sure that it has had great reviews. Uh, you know, I don't read the reviews. <laughs> I'm not that secure, so 
just roll along and um, and uh, feel grateful that I, that I did it because it was it was on my bucket list and I I really wanted to do it and I'm I'm so glad that I had plenty of encouraging people in my life who who said just just do it. Well, I think that's a really really good thing. And by the way, this book has 356 reviews and a 4.5 star average. So that's really, really, really good. Oh, wow. Okay, good. Thanks, Ray. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that anybody out there listening, you really need to read this book because not only will it encourage you about your life and your career, but you may find a piece of yourself that you thought was lost inside these pages. So good job with your writing for sure. So you have your bucket list item is your cookbook, I assume? That's another. That's a new one. Yeah, that's the. Um, and there will be another book, I think. Um, you know that, that I write because the the people who have reached out and shared their stories of resilience has really inspired me to to write to write more. I think that's wonderful. I wrote a book as well, and I wanted to write the book so I could say I wrote a book, and I didn't well. plan to ever write but one. But and it had trials and tribulations without a doubt and, and but now I love writing and I'm not afraid to write and I'm not afraid for people to read my stuff. So I think once you get into it that bug kinda bites you and you're hooked. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's amazing, um, you know, Rose, I'm sure you feel this as an author, but people really um start treating you and, and, and calling you that. Yeah. It takes a while for you to call yourself that, because I, before I wrote my book, I'd published magazine for years, you know, that I owned and wrote for, and I'd been published hundreds of times, but I never considered myself an author, because a book is special. It's different. <laughs> it really is. I mean, it, it 100% is, and, um, you know, it's, it's a feat, too. You, you Yes. You really accomplished something. You really have. I was reading a statistic recently that 86% of America want to write a book, 13% start it, but only 3% ever finish. So, oh, wow. When you finish it, that's a big deal. Wow, wow, wow. So kudos to you for doing it and going to be doing some more. Now, what advice would you give to folks out there listening who want to write a book, but something's holding them back? So this is such a great um, conversation because I've, when I was trying to get this done, there were so many people who were like, you just have to get up in the morning, dedicate an hour to it, and eventually you'll do it. And, you know, that's just not my style. That is not why this book got accomplished, right? right. I took my time. There were days where I was, um, I could write, you know, 40 pages, and there were days where I couldn't think of anything to write. Um, and this is like telling a story, so, you know, I should be able to think of some things to write, but, you know, don't have a deadline for sure, because nothing happens without one, and, and for me, what I did that was um, really powerful is that on the 19th anniversary of 9-11, I put it out into my social media feed that I was having this book finished on uh, in a year. And there is nothing like the vulnerability of sharing that with 
however many of your followers and friends right. and realize they're counting on you to do it. So, um, you know, if, if you've written 150 pages and you feel like you can write 150 more in a year or in six months um, and you want to create a deadline from that space and do, I was not ready to publish this book before. Um, before I put it out there, right? Like, right. it just wasn't time. And so I think establish a schedule um, where you can write once a week. I mean, it doesn't have to be once a day. It only has to be once a day if you're putting yourself on a deadline that you believe is important, you know, important to you. It's right. Kind of like going back and forth on that, you know, people say, you know, get up every morning and write. If that works for you, that's great. But um, if it doesn't, um, you don't have to do it that way. There are plenty of people who've written books that didn't get up every morning and write. Um, but I just do think also having a, you know, a, a, a group of people who are encouraging you and, and holding you accountable is always helpful. I agree 100%. And, you know, life gets in the way. you still got to make a living. you still got to tend to your kids. You know, but you can yeah. do it all. You really can right. do it all. That's right. So the cookbook is coming out in the fall, you say? It is. Uh, so Almost Square will turn 21 next October. And the, um, the, the deadline for that is we're going to have everything in by June so that we can have actual um, printed hardbacks for next October, or this October. Wow, it's 2023. Yeah. I know, I know, it's, it's almost <laughs> February. <laughs> and, you know, we're working with a friend of mine from Charleston who is our editor and getting every, pulling everything together, and then we're working with, you know, local great photographer Bill Good for the mm -hmm. photograph, and those two are helping keep Stephen and me on track. Um, and without them, we probably wouldn't be doing this in a, a, in 10 months. <laughs> That's so exciting. Now tell us where we can find Life After Windows. So I encourage anyone who has a local bookstore to buy it from there. Um, I have to, as a, as a local small business owner, I'm only going to shout out your, your local independent bookstores, but it's obviously available in other places, too. <laughs> Can people buy it at your restaurants or get a signed copy from you directly? They can. They can buy um, a signed copy from Only Square, from Tarboro Brewing Company, from TBC West, and from my stepmother's store, Rusty's Yelp, as well. All right. I was thinking I had seen it downtown when I was working downtown a few days ago. Yes. Yes, you did. All right. That's really, really exciting news. Okay. Well, thank you for being on the show and sharing your story with us. And if you guys out there listening, you know, pick up a copy of it. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Uh, the wonderful thing about writing is you can step into any world, any kind of genre, and go any place in the world, educate yourself a little better, make your heart feel good, and accomplish it all just in the pages of a book. So keep reading. Thank you so much, Rose. Thank you, and thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Everybody has a story. Just let your mind drift away and find yours. I know it's out there. What are you waiting for?